Pickaxe. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome, thank you. Welcome, thank you back to the Trifles podcast. Thank you for joining us. Yes, That's right. Uh, We're it's, back. Thank it's you. Cra- it's, it's pushing into late November. The oh my God. weather is setting in. Yeah. There, it is radiant cold, but we are snug inside with a warm cup of vanilla honey chamomile tea. Oh, and God. our two best friends. Yeah. He's <laughs> just gone full Karen mode. Here with his with his special blend of uh, herbal tea and uh, his, his thick frame glasses and uh, his hot takes on uh, local politics and stuff as well. I've been co- I, I, I've been combining uh, tea bags uh, lately. Uh, what like uh, <laughs> for like to cut to cut your costs the the cost. <laughs> Cost of living crisis. No, I just be mixing it up because I've got like I've got loads of fruit teas, but they're all too weak and and like I don't know. That's the I think that's the big problem I have. With, I know you're supposed to brew for longer, but um, can I make a suggestion? What? When was the last time you just drank like black tea, like a Yorkshire Gold or something like that? Well, there's the Yorkshire Biscuit Brew. I drink that sometimes at the office. But sometimes I don't want the caffeine, you know. When I'm come when on, I'm, man, you what? don't want the caffeine. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't, well. I don't think there's much caffeine in. Get tea. it in you, mate. Come on. I'm not worried about uh, this is a joke, but you know, it's starting to get to the point where you stand up and you're dizzy. Um, you know, you're like the the the, the caffeine is like making you shake more. What are you, you know, 40? Already, you're 40 next year, right? Yeah, I'm already yeah. frazzled from all sorts of things, and I'm I don't know. I only need a I only really need caffeine when I want to actually wake up or or be be higher energy. It's there's a lot of stress stressy things happening at the moment. So you know, mm. as we as we approach Jingle Jam, like a yeah. lot of weird questions to deal with, a lot of like awkward scheduling, gentle poking. Um, so <laughs> in uh, in the average serving of coffee, there's nearly a hundred milligrams of caffeine. Jesus. Mm. And there's one fifth of that amount in tea. Not green tea. It's still a little bit. It is a little bit. But um it's it's definitely I I, I don't drink coffee very often. Uh, I might have a cup today because I'm tell you what, I'm fucking knackered already. I've done nothing and I'm bloody knackered. I don't know why. Mrs. F has COVID. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So I think her coughing at night, we reckon, might have been subtly waking me up without me realizing. So I might be tired from that. Obviously, I'm, that's, I'm not saying I'm having it worse than she is. She has COVID. I'm just suggesting why I might be tired. Um, she's had it for about three days now. I've tested negative. Um, I don't know how, uh, but 
you know, I, I basically haven't got it. The kids you were got patient it. zero, though, of COVID. Yeah, you, so. you're the first person yeah. I knew to, to have it. I, if there's yeah. a disease, I will get it. That's just right. the way it is. Um, I've had it all. Ebola, HIV. Um, what else have I had? Um, <laughs> leprosy. That one that leprosy. I was going to say the one that makes bits of you rot off. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's MRSA weird. superbug riddled with that, I'm sure. I'm just one of those people. Germs love so me. So I read, I read actually today, this morning, for the podcast, that, that, that scientists have been researching leprosy and they yeah, found... Yeah, it's a good hot topic for them to get their teeth into. Well but done, what science. it does is it, like, keeps you alive. Like, uh, what it does is it, like, regenerates some of your organs to like like keep you alive style. longer. Are you saying <laughs> so Deadpool is a leper? So it can spread. It's just a leper. Are you sure? So par- that, yeah. But does it, does, it, does it regenerate them in, in hideous and twisted new forms... I don't know. Terrifying to the mortal mind. I think it, they found it was regenerating someone's liver, um, which is obviously great for great yeah, news for Yorkscast. But like people a monster in the future, liver. Judging by how much everyone drinks. Um, Do you reckon they're going to start giving people leprosy just as a way of regenerating tissue? Well, I, I just mean, a dose. Got, hmm. I'm going to California for my advanced leper treatment uh, <laughs> sesh. It's going to last a couple of days. And, like a uh, leprosy and Pilates course. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, yeah. get some like, leprosy implants uh, into your... Drink your leprosy tea. <laughs> uh, it's caffeine-free. Don't worry, Lewis. And sit back and relax. Take a deep breath of, of that leper air that we've mm. cultivated here at Leprosy Pilates. Mm. And then that's downward nice. dog and into upward dog. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Mr. Jones, your, your leg's falling off. I'll get that for you. It, it will grow back. It will grow back. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, I, I feel like this is cool, though. I like this. I like science that finds stuff like that, the good things from bad, you know? It's, it's, it's good. It's inspirational, right? Um, yeah, motivational. Yeah, sure. Motivational. Yeah, makes you think. Makes you think. Makes what you star say, sign yeah. are you, Lewis? I am. He's got to be a uh, what? To, wait, Sagittarius. Sagittarius. When's your birthday? Uh, October twenty second. October twenty second. So you Pisces. are a, you are a Libra. You're not, right on the, not Gemini. On the, you're it's... right on the Libra Scorpio cusp. Would you like today's horoscope? This is incredible. Yeah, but you're going to also have to give me the Scorpio cusp. I'll bit, give you both. You know, Don't worry. I'll right give you guys. The, I'll give a, you guys your horoscopes. These fascinating. There must be a name for people who are on the cusp. There is. You know? Yeah, they're called cuspians. They're called cuspies. <laughs> uh, November seventeenth. Your plane is fueled. Your bags are packed, and you have clearance from the control tower. But for some reason, Libra, you just can't seem to get off the ground. Damn. Perhaps there are details of the trip that you haven't taken into account. People are firing questions at you, and you don't have all the answers. This is especially true when it comes to matters of love and romance. You are down to oh. earth, but you need to believe in something more. There you go. And wow. Scorpio. It feels like it's very apt. I know. You know it feels Scorpio. Like it's, that's how the they're person, written, though, isn't it? It is. But but that one didn't apply to me. Uh, Scorpio, oh. the person who is most organized and stable will win the race, so let it be you, Scorpio. Be careful, though. Other people may try to distract you from your work. You may be in the middle of an important project and decide to take a break. Before you know it, the phone rings and suddenly you're trapped with no escape. The break that you hoped that would take no more than five months has turned into a big interruption. That sounds like the Triforce podcast. Yeah, it sounds like Interestingly, yeah. they're, they're both about like work. Eh? They, sound, yeah. they honestly sound like they're both about work, which is funny because if I'd read either of those to you, you might have thought that they were applicable, which is, of course, the whole point. Um, I'm Aries, so I got... There's an advantage to joining people in a social or family situation, if possible, Aries. Your role today is to bridge communication gaps. Be aware of details that need doing, but don't feel like you have to do them all yourself. 
This is a good time to delegate responsibility. Keep track of who is in charge of what you or you could end up taking up the slack for a job that someone else is supposed to do. Okay. Wow. So get someone These else are to all do your very work you. like dog shit. They're all. They're yeah, all do mine. They're do all mine. They're all very good pieces of generic advice. Yes, they are. Exactly. That's literally. <laughs> and that's you could the, just rotate the these. Thing. Like, like it's what not you could like do is next actual... month just move them all one to the right, and you know, because how often do you read other star sign starts the, the zodiacs? It's you never bombs. would. There's What's not... yours, Sips? Gemini. Gemini. You've reached a climactic time of year regarding love and romance. Gemini. Oh yeah. That's, this is the time when true. your dream finally materializes. Or yeah. you realize that all your efforts are failures. It oh. all depends on how you played your cards over the past few months. Very... This is one of those moments of reckoning when you face reality. You must bring your craft to the landing strip and check in with mission control. Fuck it out. What on earth does any of that mean? What a load of bollocks. I don't know, but I'm going to get on the horn to Mission Control ASAP Do just yeah, to make sure that all my T's are dotted and my I's are crossed and Absolutely. whatever. Yes, man. That is startlingly... I mean, they're startlingly vague, but also I'm surprised... I'm genuinely surprised by how they're just... They're not harmful, though, are they, right? They're not like... No. The advice is... The advice tends to be... Like Karen-ish advice, it's kind right. of boomer advice. Pick up the phone. I mean, the reference to the phone. <laughs> the phone is obviously, rings. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously. Funny. It feels like that's been copy pasted from twenty years ago. Yeah, and maybe they do. They just because they're also people still like pick that. up the phone. You got to pick up the phone. That's no, not I have it straight to my the head. Phone. No, no, no. I mean, you, you I, do. I you do pick up do, your phone to answer. People it, slide but. into each other's DMs more so now. I think. Yeah. Though, right before the phone pickup happens. I wonder if there are any non-boomer horoscopes out there, like boomers for for, for the youth horoscopes. Yeah, for but kids. it's just going to be junk right it's gonna be like aries <laughs> today is gonna be poggers uh, like uh, it's just gonna be all fucking like uh twitch or internet speak scorpio right? bro today's gonna suck no cap for real for real on god bro i feel like this 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 is like com it feels actually it feels like self-help book advice right about it how is. to people like, or make, people the thing is that they're so vague put that, off that task you've been doing right. for yeah. waiting to do you know you'll feel better once it's done that's uh, it it's so vague in general that it can apply to a anyone and everyone right like you yeah, you could like, you could you can convince yourself that it applies directly to you it's like uh you know it's like like tarot card readings and stuff like that as well maybe right? there are things that everyone does though like maybe you could do do more specific ones like be careful when you're doing a poo because yeah. uh, you I'd like might a really specific one. Like, yeah, at 1.53 p.m., you can expect an acorn to fall off of your house and land on the third brick on your driveway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, then I'd be impressed. Right. I'd right. be like, holy right. shit. But, right. uh, Especially you know, if you this... didn't have an acorn yeah, or a house yeah. or but a driveway. The, the general vague stuff is just kind of like, you know. You know, it's yeah. just like it's like it's just like magicians, you know, just uh, just just magicians trying to. It's like a, it's like David Blaine, you know, Mentalists, like the the, right. the levitating trick, but it was really just like the angle that you looked at him from, and as you know, he, he lifted his other foot, and it looked like he was levitating. <laughs> the, the Balducci levitation. Yes, I, it's one of my few party tricks. That's a it's it. a good one, but it is. You know what I mean? It's not it's not what it claims to be. No, but so he would do that. But then they would cut to a wide shot of him literally levitating like five feet off the ground with a <laughs> yeah. wire. Yeah. And people going, whoa. And it's like, no, 
no, come on, you, you can't just cut between the two. That's yeah. silly. Like, they show the reaction of a very simple trick. If you look, they're all looking down at his feet. Whereas on the wide shot, it looks like he's fucking floating in midair. He's a bit of a nutter. Yeah. But uh, he, he was an incredible magician. Yeah, I just wish he stuck to the magic and not the I'm going to live in a box for a month shit. Just do magic. Yeah, I guess like, but once you've done the magic, though, where do you go from there? You know, you got to it's it's showmanship. You got to one up yourself all the time. You can't well, just do the same goddamn routine like over and over and over and over again. People get right, bored. But of so it. he should stretch the bounds of magic, not do these big sort of I'm going to live in ice. And I mean, it's amazing PR. Yeah. And I, I'm sure he made a bunch of money out of it. But all I'm saying is that it's it doesn't feel like a magic trick. Yeah. You just feel like you're being tricked. And it's almost certainly that he swaps out for someone else. I mean, when he lived in the glass box, I don't know what, how he did it, where he just lived up there with no food or whatever. But it's just like, who cares? It's not. I mean, you saw how. What did people think of it? We know who gave a shit. Nobody really Nobody gave gives a shit. A shit. No. People threw threw stuff at him and shone lasers at him and shouted abuse. Like, yeah. it's just don't hang yourself there. Like, look at me, look at me. Just do the fucking magic tricks. There have been a ton of these magicians out there who are legends and amazing magicians, and you don't need to, to suspend yourself in a fucking box. At that point, I think it's ego more than stretching the bounds of what you can do with magic. Personally speaking, I found them dull. Yeah, I think the the survival stuff is... Uh, it was a fad, though. It was definitely a long time ago. Those stunts have... Yeah. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen one for ages and ages. What about uh, I think, what about Darren Brown it, mind tricks and uh, all that stuff? I, I like I that stuff. I never I watched like any stuff. of that. There were some really good ones. Um, I, I've seen some mentalist stuff live, and it, it can be very impressive. I went to one in Vegas. I think a, a mentalist uh, show. I think you were there, mm. Lewis. You, me, Maybe. you, and whoever we were with at the time. I'm, I'm sure it was one one year we went to BlizzCon. We went to Vegas after, and we went to one of those shows. And it was, uh, it was okay. I don't yeah. know. It was impressive. I mean, it's a magic trick. It's a magic trick under a different name. I guess uh, which so. I, I like. But there's, you know, there there is suggestion and stuff like that that you can do. I mean, there's also just there are certain tricks that that uh, that people use uh, let me see if I can find one for you guys you guys talk amongst yourselves for a sec I feel like uh, there's there's obviously different aspects of magic right one is this incredibly immensely prepared magic where someone has some something that's been you know put put so much effort into something but you don't realize it it just looks like it's just a a throwaway thing right it's just like oh let's just put this orange here and it's but but actually there's like a whole rigmarole there's like a there's like a stooge who grabs the orange from behind your back and like you know someone's in on it and someone else is like passing it right you know what I mean like I think there's a lot of like it, it a lot of work to make something a simple trick work sometimes and sometimes it's just skill like sleight of hand like someone has practiced and practiced and practiced and are and are so deft um that they're able to vanish something or, or special cards especially card tricks like people just remembering able able to remember the order or put things in the same order you know I, th I think that's the thing about those those types of magic that it's just humans being amazing right yeah um a, a human who has taught themselves or spent their entire life playing with a pack of cards to yeah. the point where they and they have their routine down. They have it's like um it's incredibly practiced. You know the distractions and the jokes and the delivery, even to the point where they have this almost like this character that they've composed, which is you know either either stupid or oh like 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 I really love the the the, the clumsy 
attitude, like the clumsy magician, you know, who is, oh, I've dropped everything, you know, right. but actually it's incredibly well controlled. Um, I really, yeah, I really have a lot of time for that stuff because it just right, it so is, it is amazing. It, it I is. Mean, you, it is. Yeah, I, I'm sure. a big, I'm a big fan of of, uh, of that kind of sleight of hand magic because it's just like like anything when you're you're witnessing the the results of of literally years of practice and expertise, and I think it's it's exciting to see people who are very very good at something, especially something yeah. that I mean, if you see someone who can do the long jump really well, it's impressive and you're rooting for them. But I don't really know how hard it is to do the long jump. But when you see someone able to do all kinds of card tricks, I've shuffled cards. I can do the riffle <laughs> shuffle. I can, and I, fumble, know. I can fumble a pack of cards right. together, yeah. And when you see them do it, you're like, holy shit, how have they done that? You think, well, because I, I know that when I learned to do the riffle shuffle, it took me quite a long time just to learn that. Yeah. And they're learning to do that thing where you hold the deck in one hand and rotate different parts around. Woot, 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 and yeah, it's, it's they, just, but they, they probably worked in a casino and stuff, you know? Like, I think a lot of magicians, there's like a, not like a set path, but there's definitely, you know, like places that they can work where they can uh, hone their craft. You know? Oh yeah, they can work at a at a casino and practice their yeah. dexterity I mean, and agility. You, you could just do it without hands. having to work at a casino as well. Like, no, you could no, just... I think you'd have to. <laughs> you need the where experience. else are you going to get the cards from? Exactly, huh? exactly. And where else are they going to pay you to sit around and fart around with cards for like you know twelve hours a day or whatever? You know, like you need the you got you need the time investment and stuff too. Like yeah. It's, I think that's like one of just one one example of a place where a aspiring magician could work leading up to them becoming a full-time paid magician, you know? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. All right, yeah. I want you to think of a number between 1 and 50. Okay. All right? You okay. can both do this. Now it has to have two digits. Right. And it, they uh they have to be two odd digits. So each digit has to be odd and they can't be the same number. Okay. okay. I thought of All one. Right. Is the number 37? It is actually, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the reason you can do that <laughs> is because the numbers one to ten, all of the twenties, the forties, and fifty have been removed. Um, so basically, you're you're reduced down more. So people aren't going to pick eleven. They're not going to pick nineteen. Uh, apparently, hardly ever. And basically, it's going to be well, thirty-one, be thirty-five. Yeah, yeah, thirty-one, thirty-five, thirty-seven, or thirty-nine are the ones that are most likely going to be picked. Yeah, I just went um, through like after you gave me all the parameters and narrowed it down. I was exactly. just like. Like my there weren't first, many left. Yeah, so <laughs> the first that, place that, I yeah, went exactly. was 37. But you don't anticipate that as being the case. You just think you've been given any number from 1 to 50, but of course you, you have not. It's much, much sneakier than that. So a lot of the mentalist tricks are things like that, where they, they guide you. There's a certain number of things that you'll think of. Darren Brown uses suggestion and he'll 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 make people think of things and he'll touch them when he says things. Like right. he, you'll see he just holds their wrist or he just he taps them on the shoulder or he sort of he, he just you, you'll just notice if you watch him he he touches you and that changes the way the way you're thinking and you're more open to suggestion when someone touches you. Um so it, it's it's weird. It's sort of not not hypnosis, but that sort of planting an idea in someone's brain with the things that, that you say. He also does things where he puts giant fucking billboards outside their house that have something on it that they're meant to think of later in the day. Um, I wonder how much of that is just for for show, though, part of the illusion. Because I think with Darren Brown, he does want to distract even the audience from how the, the trick was done. And sometimes these... You know, I think the idea of him subliminally implanting ideas into people's minds with billboards and things. Sure, sure, I think it's I think it's true, but and I think it's true for us as 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 people. You know, I'll I'll have a conversation with 
you I'll, I'll see an article about leprosy i'll mention it to you guys you'll mention it to someone else later on or whatever and or you'll you'll listen to a podcast and you'll tell people interesting things you heard from that there is definitely this viral effect of people and i, I think if you can get into someone's life and talk them around philosophically or or interest you know if you can figure out ways to infiltrate someone's life you can definitely manipulate their behavior in a sort of CIA spy way you know mm. um <laughs> in a sense which is a, a, a these these tactics have been have existed for a very long time but i, I think that that they they are they are magic in some ways like because you don't know at the time that you're being manipulated and so when you are forced to choose a thing you mm. think it's an independent choice but they know because they've done the homework of implanting these you know uh, laying the seeds for your decision you know and so so uh, and i i don't know if i but i'm i'm always skeptical about darren telling me how it's done because right. you know especially things like micro movements it's like oh you know think of a number and then he's like i can know i know exactly what number you're thinking of because your mouth micro moved right. the word 42 or whatever right right <laughs> oh. i'm like is, is that, that real happen? and like and how practiced is. are you with that and like you know you know like, uh, what well, yeah. it's pen and teller isn't it are like two i'd say they're probably some of the most famous sort of classical magicians um of stage you know, magicians for sure yeah, prop, proper yeah. proper magician magicians you know they do magic tricks the cleverest part is that they they show you what they're doing while they're doing it and they still surprise you like that's the cleverest part is it, it looks like they're, they're showing you all the, the stuff trick. that it's not right yeah and they're sort of deconstructing the trick before your very eyes and you think oh they're letting us in on some big secret but they're not they're still tricking you i think that's my yeah, favorite it, part it, it's very it makes clever. it more exciting right because this, i think partly because a lot of stupid people are like oh yeah well the gun's not real is it you know so so obviously they they have to convince you that the gun's real and then right. the next group of people are like well he's probably got some sponge in his mouth or something <laughs> you know it's like what yeah the sponge people come up with these really stupid um suggestions for what it could be so i think by laying that groundwork it makes it but also, you know, when in a sense, you really have to. If you just did the trick, it would the show would be over in ten seconds, right? Right. You have to. You have to have this build up. You have to have this show, right? Where it it is, it becomes exciting, and and also people love solving problems. You know, look at like detective mysteries or stories, or and and even if you're not actively sitting down taking notes when you're watching, you know. A, a murder mystery right you are in the back of your mind thinking oh this might be this guy or wonder what happened there you know you're doing little bits of putting the little things together it's nice to see the mystery un unspooled you know before you um and think oh yeah of course of course that thing happened oh yeah and it's the same thing with magic tricks like once you know how it's done it's like oh of course that's how it's done right you know it's i would it's, say that, that there, there are certain giveaways that, that like for any magic trick it's almost always either a fake whatever they suggest it is, a fake ball or a fake deck of cards or a fake gun or whatever. Like that's that's number one. Is they have trick versions of pretty much everything. Sleight of hand is the other, like guaranteed, it's almost certainly that. 
Like you thought they gave you this one, but they gave you a different one. Like that that's the other one. Like anytime they ask you sign this card and then put it back in the deck, they've almost always palmed it off. As soon as you put it in the deck, they know exactly where it is and they've stuck I, it. I into feel their like what we're doing here though is possibly being just punters, right? We are we are just speculating wildly. We don't know. We're not magicians. We don't know what their secrets are. And every no. magician has their own secrets. So a lot of magicians don't know other other magicians' secrets. It's true. But, but um, there is a whole wealth. So have you ever watched uh, uh, Fool Me with Penn and Teller? Yes, that's exactly or, or, what I'm thinking of. Right. So on there, the guy goes on and the, the magician does the trick and Penn and Teller watch. And then they come up and they say, we think you used the... Uh, we think that there was some um, uh, Sask- Sask- Saskatchewan shuffle taking place if you know what i mean and they're like yeah so they're they're like talking about some specific technique that other magicians would know and then if they say was that part of the trick and they say no it wasn't then they're like ah then you have fooled us and as i understand it they then have to show the trick to penn and teller subsequently how they did it sort of thing yes Um, but 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 sometimes they they can't say, oh, you used sleight of hand necessarily. And it's, it's, it's like when, when it comes to card tricks, you know, they can't be fooled by someone who's just got a really good memory or this, this like that guy I mentioned with the cards. I think he right. was on there. He, you know, like I, th- I think there's, there's, there's a few of them and it's hard to, because they don't use obvious techniques. They're just hu- just human skill. You know, it's like showing. It's like someone who's a very good juggler. You right. know, they just. But like, they're not it, tricking let's see. You. But if you have they amazing sleight of like hand, that. if you if you have amazing sleight of hand, there is still a sequence in the trick where you do that, and I, I think some of those things they will mention as being like techniques. And this guy may do it better, but the main thing is these magicians coming up with new ways of doing old tricks. So they'll mm. say, ah, this is this technique. And when the guy says, no, it wasn't that, they're like, well, then you fooled us because we didn't see how it was done other than that. Um, yeah. So that, that that's the, the clever part. But, it's a but great some, show. Of, some of the people that go on there, like you, you can look up on YouTube subsequently, how was this trick done? Like genuinely. <laughs> and I always watch those videos because I really want to know how it's done. And there are, there are, there are people that like the whole magic circle thing. As soon as the internet came around, it was done. It was done because you know you anybody can just anonymously reveal how magic tricks are done and remain in the magic circle no problemo. Because previously, in order to explain how tricks were done, you had to put a book out, and everybody would know who wrote the book, and you'd be booted out of the magic circle, and these secrets are not allowed. But you can look up how any magic trick is done now on YouTube, which has kind of taken some of the fun away from it. But uh, I still enjoy the skill. Oh, absolutely. Like I said before, I'm still quite sceptical of that because I think magic is all about misdirection. It's all about putting out a false narrative, either seeding it in your audience or in the world, you know, about your style of trick. And so when people Google or on their phone and your audience, how is this trick done? They don't, not that they, not that people are doing that. I think a lot of people are willing to enjoy it, right? And not think too hard. Or, or I don't think that's a fun game. You don't sit around necessarily plotting to, to the downfall of this magician. Or, or, like, or like getting up on stage and poking around at the back. Unless they <laughs> specifically ask you to do it, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe this man is tricking us. <laughs> this glass case has a false back. <gasps> Gasps in the crowd. Arrest that I'd, man. 
<laughs> I love the idea that you set up a magic magic trick where you've got these props and they've all got like magic things in them, like secret mirrors and hidden kebabs. You invite right. someone up to the stage and they just find them all, and you're like, oh, oh shit! <laughs> it's just like a swinging door on the back of this cupboard, and you know all, all that stuff. Oh, yeah, magic's I mean, got I, this kind of hammy it is, it charm, is. right? But that's the thing is like the classic magician style with the. Uh, the beautiful assistant wearing the tutu or whatever is kind of a really dated style of magic. I don't, I don't think you see that so much anymore. No, not anymore. But it's almost a cheesy meme, though. Like in a sense, like some people use it as a setting in the same way that you might use, like, um, like a like a like a horror set or like a, a you know theme your theme your act up in a Halloween kind of a creepy way or you know some sort of some sort of, I don't know, like some glamorous way. You know, there's definitely, I, I, there's different types of people doing different kinds of magic. And yeah, it's, I, I remember like, I, I don't know, you still see it sometimes and it's, and it's cute. I like the, also really like the idea of during World War Two people, you know, taking, asking magicians to like give them advice on like <laughs> how to disguise tanks or something or how to vanish. <laughs> yeah, classic. they did. It's like a, there was like a lot of like that sort of stuff. Like, you know, cause they're like, Oh, this, this magician's managed to make a whole, you know, harbor full of ships vanish, you know, into thin air. How could he do that for, could he work for the military in some ways, you know? So there was definitely like some that. And I think they helped create camouflage and things like this. Right. And, um, magicians and stuff did. like that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, come on. I think there was there was like a, you know, yeah, you know, sure. yeah, I, I cannot for one minute believe that. There's no way magicians came up with that, right? Like that had you to have just a, been a natural sort of like evolutionary it makes sense thing. for us to blend in so. with our surroundings. Like, but you, you've got to think that some of these techniques that are that are usable. Might might be helpful, right? Because when you're thinking, "Damn, this guy!" Look, I I was I can't see any ships in this harbor. It's obviously a whole rigmarole of giant mirrors suspended at an angle from exactly where you are that you can't see anything, right? right. But you could also imagine that that they might have some. If you know what the answers are, maybe there's one of those tricks is useful for making a gadget or you know some form of technology that might have a use certainly reading about what the brits the sort of things the brits did during world war ii is fascinating because they had this one guy jasper um, maskeline was a british stage musician he was uh also magician. used by the the military during the second world war claiming to have created large-scale ruses deception and camouflage in an effort to defeat the nazis <laughs> there you go they should make a movie about this guy they should i'm about to pull off my biggest trick <laughs> get me the giant mirror the head of the a-force deception department recruited maskeline to work for mi9 in cairo but there is no mi9 Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he created small devices intended to assist soldiers to escape if captured and lectured on escape techniques. These included tools hidden in cricket bats, saw blades inside combs, and small maps and objects such as playing cards. Maybe he's the guy who came up with the idea for uh, hiding inside a cardboard box. Um, <laughs> and then, like, the a, Nazis the, hate cardboard the boxes. Nazis, they'll they never think to huh? look for you there. 
Oh, just a box. That is, I, they were here a moment ago. <laughs> That's right, my friends. He's hiding. <laughs> we must look for this man. He's very cunning. He's just in a box. He's hiding in so a like box. snake style, moving across oh, the ground. Shit. So uh, he claimed to have done a lot of things. Um, his, uh, his contributions are either absolutely central, if you believe his account on that of his biographer, or very marginal, if you believe the official records. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, oh, man. Uh, he claimed all kinds of things. He claimed he um, made, like, boats disappear. He conjured up um, uh, surprise submarines that tricked the Germans and all kinds of daft stuff like that. Nice. He had um, inflatable tanks um, and things like this. Well, they like did this. that. They, that yeah. So they actually did that ahead of um, D-Day. Uh, they, they, because the uh, there was a lot of it was all part of a big intelligence scam. Someone will write in and say that I'm wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure I'm correct. Um, they had this big scam where they basically fed misinformation to the Germans for a very long time that the attack was going to come somewhere else, that it would be from Dover to the nearest point of France, um, and of course it didn't come there. I think they were expecting Calais, and they had a lot of forces around Calais. Um, but the Germans were completely convinced that this was an assault taking place somewhere else. Man. And they even had inflatable planes and inflatable tanks on the ground so that when, and like with camo netting over them, so that when the um, German spy planes would go over, they would see this and go, ah, oh, yes, the invasion forces in Dover. It's just like Herr Hitler said it would be. But it wasn't. They were much further down the coast preparing to invade around Normandy, of course, and around there. So that was a real deception. There was a lot of deception uh, in the war, um, yes. Operation Mincemeat and all this kind of stuff. So, so there was this clever. Operation Mincemeat. I think we talked about this before. Yeah, there was just did. a movie about it. So, yeah, that's why I think we Was there? Yeah. Oh, right. So, yeah, this was when a, um, we, wanted to, we wanted to provide the Nazis with some fake Allied information. So we dressed up i say we they we? dressed up a um they found the body they but they f needed to find like a dead body to to leave it on so they found this dead body who a was recently a dead homeless person yeah yeah and they dressed him up as a member of the royal marines and made him a, made him a fictitious captain william martin and they made and a they completely fictitious life for him everything on him you would look and you would think yes this is a real person's life everything mm. pictures of his sweetheart uh, postcards, uh, his bag was like weathered, um, you know, his handwriting was a specific way, everything. So that you would not look at it and think, this is a clever ploy by the British. You would think, oh, we fucking got lucky here. And they dumped him off the coast of Spain in what looked like a plane crash. Mm -hmm. And of course he was recovered by the Spanish and the Spanish, apparently, according to the movie that I recently watched, <clears throat> were determined to give him back to the British. They yes. were like, we won't, we won't, don't worry, don't worry, we're, we're remaining neutral in this, here's your dead officer. And of course, the whole plan was the Germans would take it, so they had to go in there and convince the Germans somehow to go and get this body, and they managed it, and uh, they were sold. They thought it was real, and they thought the intelligence was real, and uh, yeah, apparently it, it, it helped in, in some way. Yeah, I don't actually remember that bit about giving him back to the Brits, but certainly... Um... Well, that might have been an invention of the film, I don't know. Yeah, I think... I don't think the Spanish were particularly on side. No, um, but they also weren't actively in the sabotaging. war. Sabotaging. Like no. they, they weren't sort of, I mean, they'd had their own civil war and all the rest of it. They were fascists, but I don't think they were like, yeah, we'll help Hitler. They were sort of trying to remain relatively neutral. Spanish handling of the corpse. It was handed to a naval judge. Uh, officially informed by the Spanish, a report about the Admiralty had been found. So they told the Admiralty 
Um, I think they wanted to give it give it back. Oh well, there you go. Oh crikey. Well, they, again, that all it's, it's like one of these lies where you then have to keep lying afterwards. Yeah. You know, you, you have to like you have to prepare the lies that you you know they're going to tell us about the body, right? And if they do, what are we going to say? Yeah. You know, oh, we want them back because we he's got secret information on him. You know, <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, there's like a whole bunch, but yeah, give it like I love that that sort of stuff where there's these people in this room coming up with ways to deceive the enemy. It's you know, very clever, yeah. Have pretty big impacts, you know, relatively speaking, on the outcome of of operations, of battles, of 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 things. Of of I, I love that you can. I love that that war, the intelligence war. Yeah, that's, and it's hard. I mean, did it's very you hard watch to, uh, um, uh, the, the the thing with uh, oh the Imitation Game? I think it's called, which is yeah. about the Alan Turing movie with with uh, Benedict uh, Cucumber in it. Which is it, yeah. it's a it's a really good movie. And the 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 problem that they hit, of course, is that if it, once they crack Enigma, they can't actually use it. They have to use it as infrequently as they can get away with. Because if you used it all the time, the Germans would know it had been cracked. So they crack it and then they realize, ah, oh, shit, we can't intercept every convoy and every U-boat and all the rest of it, because then they'll know. So we actually have mm. to continue knowing that something bad's going to happen, let it happen for the greater good. Those are the decisions where I think having to do this kind of stuff and then realize that you have to use it correctly must be heartbreaking yeah. to know, yeah. shit, this convoy is going to get sunk. But we can't do anything about it because then they'll figure it out. It's it's tough. Uh, yeah, I wonder like I wonder what the right amount is, you know. And obviously, it had a huge effect. You know, it saved like millions of lives, didn't it? You know, knowing knowing shortening the war and you know knowing the tactical troop movements, this kind of stuff. Yeah, fascinating, fascinating time. It would be so different now, obviously, with modern. You know, it feels like feels like now it's we just got such different different ways though we got satellite information instead and i mean yeah it's like can you imagine for d-day the germans didn't know it was coming right they knew some kind of attack was coming but they didn't know where or when so you suddenly have this huge drop of paratroops and you have all these ships and all these things and they're calling up saying there's an invasion they're like oh it's a feint it's a clever ploy they're going to invade somewhere else like that was a big thing yeah that the germans didn't commit all their forces to normandy because they thought oh no it's a it's a feint They've been tricking us because all their intelligence for some time have been pointing to it being somewhere else, which was a big part of the deception, was convincing them that the intelligence they had was wrong. I mean, the best thing you can do is give the enemy the real information and then think it's false. Like, then they, they ignore everything that points to that. And they think, no, this is all part of that deception. You know, it's it's very, it's all mind games. Um, but yeah, I think it was... Uh, Nowadays, you just have a fucking drone or a satellite. You'd know straight away, oh, they're there. And I mean, if you look at this, but certainly to be topical, the war in, in uh, Ukraine, it's interesting that um, how many of the, the, the deaths are just artillery, very long range artillery and missiles and rockets. It's hardly any actual people being shot. It's almost entirely unbelievably long range, like dozens and dozens of miles away. Super pinpoint accuracy artillery and rockets and stuff. That's the number one way that people are getting killed. Um, I don't know if that was the, always the case in war. Maybe it's always been artillery. But I certainly feel like there was a lot more uh, people getting shot in World War II than there is nowadays. It's all just long-range, crazy technology. I, f I feel like, yeah, war is, is so 
like scary in a sense because it's just so much luck. You could be the most well-trained foot soldier in history and you just get blown up by a stray bomb from your own side. Right. right. Like, and I think it's always been that way to some extent and it's, you really have to roll the dice. I mean, that, that, that time in history was absolutely, absolutely wild. But, and then following on from that, obviously all of the, I've been watching a bit of For All Mankind, which oh, is yeah. this it's quite good, TV show on Apple. It's quite good. Set in this alternative timeline where the rocket scientist, um, who was building the Russian moon rockets doesn't because in reality, I can't remember what his name is, but he died. Unfortunately, Sergei Korolev, I think his name was. Oh, really? And so that really scuppered their moon. They never really managed to get their moon program together after right. that. And so it was kind of a done deal, but in this timeline he survived. And so the Soviets were the first to land on the moon. Well, but and that, that, that and also NASA was more afraid. They'd had some other accident. Yeah. Um, and that had like, I think it was the the one that Gus Grissom died in. The, uh, it might have been Apollo Apollo One or, or something like that. There was some mission where they burned up on the uh, on the launch pad. Apollo and, One, yeah, yeah. So that mission in real life that didn't slow them down, and they didn't say we're going to have to be ten times more cautious because in the, the the whole point of the first episode of uh, For All Mankind, no spoilers, is that it opens with the moon landing, and it's it's this is in the first five minutes, so this is not a spoiler. The Russians are landing on the moon. And all the Americans are watching, and this guy turns to the camera, and he's holding the the Soviet flag with the hammer and sickle, and he's like, "Cheeky breaky, moon," and they're all like, "Boo, this is awful." And but NASA had been there, ready to land, but had aborted um, just a, a week prior or whatever because they were playing it safe and they were just well, that being was more cautious. 10. Yeah, right. They were, so they were, they, sort of they like, were mm. ultra cautious NASA yeah. at the time, and rightly so because I mean, look at. And it's such a fascinating time in history because their their kit and their technology was so, well, I want to say kind of basic, right? Yeah. And as a result, like there were all these different things that were going wrong constantly. And I mean, look, I mean, Apollo 13 as, as a story is, is obviously a brilliant story um, and a classic movie as well depicting all the things that went wrong and could have well gone wrong in that first Apollo mission, but yeah. just happened not to. Um, and and so, yeah, like it's, it was kind of a roll of the dice in many ways. But but yeah, I mean, and this is, again, like this is like a, a very early on in the series. The idea really is that the... Um, the Soviets sort of land a woman on the moon, right? Right. And and so that, you know, that leads the Americans to adopt, because, you know, every Apollo astronaut from, from all, all of them, you know, they were like 20, no, they weren't, I think they were like 10 moon landings. They were all, all men. You I know. don't think there have been 10 moon landings. I think they've been have three. Have they not? Like, there were quite a few Apollo three. missions. Three. Really? Uh, something like that. Oh, okay. I didn't know how many people, to the moon. How many I didn't, people, I didn't think there'd been that the many. I thought there was only. I, I didn't really think didn't. there was more than one. I thought there was only one. So no, they went back. This is uh, we gotta moon go landings. back. <laughs> I'm gonna Google how many people have walked on the moon. Twelve. Okay, not that many. Twelve. I mean, twelve. Yeah. So yeah. where's that? Is that is that four or five missions? Twenty-four astronauts made the trip from Earth to Moon. Yeah. And Neil Armstrong, Ed Buds. Ed Buzz Aldrin on Apollo 11. So two two on Apollo 11. Yeah. Two on Apollo 12. Yeah. Two on Apollo 14. So 13 obviously failed. 
two on Apollo 15, two on Apollo 16, and two Apollo 17. Apollo 13 was the Tom Hanks movie, right? Five, six. Apollo 13 was the one where they were on their way there. Yeah. And a tank blew, blasted the side of the ship off. It was the oxygen. They were leaking oxygen. Tom Hanks and Gary Sinise, and who was the other guy? Well, Gary Sinise was left behind because they thought he had measles. Oh, that's right. So Kevin Kevin Bacon went in his place. Kevin Bacon and Bill Paxton was the other guy. Yeah. So how? Okay. So they would have been. They would have made up uh, an extra. What I think they would have been the they third been or fourth. Fifteen. That like would have that. been fifteen in total. Had they made. Yeah. Had they made it? Yeah. Well, there's going to be more. Um, yeah, in well, the next few years. Yeah, yeah. Artemis One yeah. launched the other day. It's uh, it's on the way. Sent a picture back of of Earth. Yeah. Looking like a blob. Yeah. Um, and uh, once it's it's going to go there and put some robots or something down there and have a poke around and then and then. Uh, we're gonna send some more people up there. Yeah. Because I was like, why are we going back to the moon? And it's it's because they want to get practice at building a moon base at Mars. Yes. You want to do it when you're just a but few they, days they also from want Earth. a stage from the moon. They're they're gonna they're building a space right. station to orbit the moon, uh, and that's where they will go to first before they go to yeah. Mars to to refuel and uh, get their stuff ready and whatever. So can they can they are we at the stage where there's any way to make the fuel on the moon? Because I know that was a that was a thing in the show where they were talking about they can dig stuff out from the from the moon and make fuel. So you can have a much much more fuel on something that has to take off from the moon because it's one eighth gravity. Yeah, you don't need to use so much fuel just getting into space. You hardly have to use any. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think for a long time the dream has been to build everything either in orbit or on the moon and. I mean, the moon would be easier because it's, well, I it's think, you know, on the ground. I think even if they can't make fuel in space, they can uh, they can certainly like um, they can do unmanned uh, missions to to just deliver resources, right? To well, there's, a there's staging, water on the moon. a staging point at, at uh, around the moon or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, but the, if there's water on the moon, they could make fuel. Sure, like they 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 could do it. So you wouldn't need to. Slap all the no, fuel yeah, up but if they're it. if they're years and years away from that, um, certainly in the meantime they can just uh, you know like the 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 frequency at which they're launching rockets in, into space now from from Earth and carrying yeah. you know all sorts it's of so stuff many. means that they could probably just you know almost get like a convoy going you know like leading up to whatever the mission is they could you know they could just send resources over there either leave the stuff there like land it on the moon or 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 whatever you know what i mean like that like obviously that technology all exists now right like with the boosters coming back down to and landing on a platform in the sea and all that sort of stuff so like yeah there's lots of options it's exciting but um most of it seems to be uh, um sort of like uh, spearhead pioneered by uh, a, a madman uh, who bought a social network so i i don't you know what i mean like it's, it's as exciting as it is there's always going to be like a bit of a sour taste to it all too right because it's just like oh come on man like i mean i i like to think that even though i i do think he's a he's a nut um i know that i i i think people go overboard either way i don't think he's the end of the world no 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 i think he's just kind of a putz um, he should who, just uh, not really speak that often. He he needs to stop talking. Yes. That is 100% yeah. a thing he needs to do. Stop stop talking, stop tweeting. Yeah. 
keep Please your dumb opinions to yourself and uh you know like that that applies to a lot of people as well you know like <laughs> me in place no, 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 but i've been me, watching um, but i'm not a billionaire i've been watching father ted recently uh like we just started re-watching it just because we haven't watched it in years and it, it is hilarious it's still yeah. still very funny but you, you the the entire time you're watching it you just can't help but um feel like uh kind of kind of bad for the fact that you know one of the guys who wrote it is kind of like an outspoken knob on uh, on social media as well and like and you think of like jk rowling and all these other people that have just can't fucking shut up basically and you just think why did you bother speaking <laughs> yeah. in the first place like okay we get it you have some shitty terrible opinions just keep them to yourself like everyone else does like why 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 do you have to make something that everybody likes and then turn out to be a massive fucking knob because you can't shut up for two seconds you know what i mean like it, it, right. it's a real shame but uh the show is still amazing it's so fucking fun. before we continue you've heard me talk before about how important it is to have a vpn to protect your online privacy yeah but choosing a vpn you can trust is equally as important yeah so uh we here at the triforce podcast proudly recommend in full confidence that expressvpn is the best uh, vpn on the market i use it on my computer use it on my phone i recommend expressvpn it doesn't log your activity online there's loads of cheap or free ones that sell your data anyway. ExpressVPN doesn't do that. ExpressVPN has a protocol called Lightway, which means that I don't even notice that it's on. You know, PFLAX, you might be downloading the latest game. Yeah. Hello. You can still do that on ExpressVPN. Uh, it doesn't slow your speeds down. And sometimes you might want to hide your presence on that game. You know, oh, you don't want some to. guy that you've shot in the head to come and yeah. find your data and your IP and exactly. hunt you down. Because he said he can press a button and blow up my console, so I wouldn't want that. No, happening. you would not exactly. want that to happen. So ExpressVPN is very easy to set up. Even your grandparents could do it. It, you just fire up the app, tap one button, and it is the number one VPN in the world. So expressvpn.com slash Triforce. You can get it today with an extra three months free. Please check that out and uh, get yourself three months free and uh, protect yourself in your online browsing and activity. Yeah. So a couple of things happened in, in the news this week. We've got 8 billion humans on the planet. Yes. Yeah. The 8 billionth human has been born, which is, which is exciting. I'm responsible for um, what feels like maybe a billion of them at times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God damn. The, it's uh, you, it's the, you and that doctor that uh, yes. donated his sperm. Yes, it's the one that the one that Lewis has. I no did it the traditional that. way, though, um, with uh, with my with 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 the with the delivery mechanism. The old baby mechanism. <laughs> my boner. <laughs> the, yeah. Sure. The uh, speaking of billionaires or, or dead ones, an Apple fan has paid two hundred eighteen thousand dollars for an old pair of Steve Jobs's sandals. Uh, that's right. Apple cult fans are weird. Uh, so that's what that, that's what you get. Maybe they were queuing outside the auction for it. Uh, I don't know. I wonder they if they stink, that. or do you think they just um, like are just a bit like like leathery smelling? Like all the bacteria is probably gone now. God, imagine he probably went through a pair of them every day. He was that rich? You know, he could have anyway. Uh, the uh, in the Amazon MMO, I think New World. Yes. They've raised the tax rate in game, right? So it's higher than Jeff Bezos pays IRL, <laughs> right? It's a shame. I think that's that to game, stabilize that game had like a lot the economy, going for it, but it just 
I don't know. Like, I think they just focused on some of the dumbest aspects of the game rather than just making the the bits that were fun good. That's weird. I think they had like um, a apparently... like a server reset or something recently, and people people were there was a little bit of res- resurgence. People wanted to play it again, but uh, it quickly just Ugh, everybody yeah, left I'm it again. Not interested. Uh, the Games Master, the classic UK show, is going to return next year. I know who's going to be the host of that. Excited about that. Um, Who is? My friend Frankie, I think. Oh, really? Oh, not not yeah. Clarkson. Really? I think it's going to be her. Uh, not, I think uh, not Clarkson. No, Clarkson. I think it's Trevor McDonald. <laughs> what the I think hell it's Trevor else are you going to do now? I think Trevor McDonald oh, might right. be the games master, like the Frankie big face. Is, Frankie is Frankie Ward. Well, is Frankie Trevor McDonald. In like, the, like the like the new Zuzi, um, Trevor McDonald from ITV. I think oh, so. It already I already came back. Yeah, yeah. in twenty twenty one. Yeah, right, that's not she, really. She news, filmed the whole series. Um, um, I did watch the last series, so who cares? Sorry, uh, Frankie. Apparently, Rockstar. Yeah. had a conversation with Eminem about doing a GTA movie. Right. Uh, yeah, but it never know, happened. Eminem has been, uh, he's been uh, inducted into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as well. See, now, do they just let anybody in? Because no, that's they, not it's, rock yeah. nor roll. No, no, no. It, it doesn't have to necessarily be rock and, and roll. It's just the, the, the name of the association. It's, it, it's So why call it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame if you're just going to let rappers in? No, well... Isn't it, why not have a rapping Hall of Fame? Well, be, that's all I'm saying. Because it would then it would just be like you know i i think this way like it's an old name but it still applies i think it's just based on like record sales uh popularity the rock and roll hall of fame is irrelevant and they're trying to stay relevant that's all uh kfc put out an appler on wednesday saying it's memorial day for Kristallnacht. treat yourself yes. with some tender cheese on your crispy chicken now for those who don't know Kristallnacht is the night of broken glass where the uh, Germans, I think, took the Nazis. over. Yeah, the Nazis. Nazis. No, no. Was that- <laughs> no they, they smashed all the windows of Jewish shopkeepers. Brilliant. Brilliant so stuff. So they went around and smashed Good all of these God. windows. And it was like the start of them saying, you know, we're here now and we basically we can do whatever the fuck we want. Uh, so Kristallnacht was obviously, especially for German Jews, is like, you know, not something you want to commemorate with, say, Cheesy chicken. a big bucket of chicken. Crispy, just crispy <laughs> cheese on your chicken, yeah. It's pretty clear yeah. to me they didn't know what Crystal Nacht was. Like, that sounds nice. And it does. Well, I the think name, they Crystal just look Knight, at the calendar events sweet, it? Yeah. and our, our like, automated calendar anniversary. No, I, it's I think some 15 year old some... social media fucking idiot. Who's like Crystal Knight? That sounds like fun. A night of crystals. Yeah, sure. We're a KFC big bucket challenge. How many can you do on Crystal Knight? <laughs> so no you're, idea. Your 15 year old uh, intern uh, impersonation just sound, sounds like headmassive. Like like every time, <laughs> it's just him. It's just him. Uh, oh, by the way, talking of KFC, I went, I've been playing a lot of Football Manager lately. Unrelated to the story, but it means. Between games and stuff while the game's processing, I have a lot more time to fart about. And in addition to looking around a number of British towns and realizing how dog shit most of our country is once you get into the urban areas, I looked up about the history of KFC and Colonel Sanders in particular. It's a very long story. It would be a it would be a triforce in itself, in all honesty. He led a very, very odd and mazy and meandering career before he became Colonel Sanders and his chicken became this global phenomenon. Yeah. So if you're interested, we could do it next week or you could just look it up. It's a Wikipedia article. It's it's pretty long. 
Um, and he, he had like a million fucking jobs and tried a million little businesses. And he was never, he never got like super, super rich off KFC. Uh, that all came, you know, afterwards with all the franchising and the big, the way that big companies are run these days. Yeah. Um, but mm. it is an interesting story. He wasn't even a real uh, colonel. Not true. He was an actual colonel. Not, not true. Not true. He was not a military colonel. But he was a different kind of colonel. So you can begin. All right. Well, I'm talking about the colonel that really? most people will be familiar with, which is a military colonel. Um, so he was commissioned as a Kentucky colonel. <laughs> and the Kentucky colonel is the highest title of honor bestowed by the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Uh, it's like a, a an honorary colonelcy. So if you're saying that that's not sufficient colonelness. It's not for me. I'm you sorry. Know, what is? Well, well think of all the, the the actual colonels out there who have had to earn their their rank like from uh, being in the military and stuff and then this guy just comes along he's like, "Hey, try my chicken." and becomes a colonel. No thanks. Like uh that that's not how it works. That's a, that sounds I, like I a free pass fair. to me. I don't think that's fair. That sounds for like a free thing, pass. <laughs> what if I get to be a colonel in peacetime and I never ever fire a gun or see action, which definitely happened. Some people get to be colonel without doing any fucking fighting. Yeah, they just get promoted. Do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but they're still a colonel. Apparently, they're a, a better colonel than Colonel Sanders. I'm just saying. <laughs> Apparently, uh. Kentucky in 2008 was issuing as many as 16,500 colonelships per year. Okay. That's dumb. I as didn't hell. know that. All right. Well, I retract everything. I thought it was a so, rare. So yeah. basically, Colonel Sand, like the entire Sanders family, probably all colonels. Like, uh, it's not even just him. Papa Colonel, we got Mama. You colonel. can literally just pay five grand and you'll be a colonel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not hard. It's like buying that lordship for Scotland cash, or whatever. Cash for colonels. Yeah, cash for colonels. This colonel's got to end. Cash for chickens. I don't mind. The cash for colonels has to stop. Oh man. Oh, well, man. there you go. I didn't even know that that was a, a thing, but it's fascinating. I think you can always get around. I, I think I think if you ask anyone about that, I think they'd assume it, he was just a military colonel, but just a weird sort of guy. There mm. you go. Um, fascinating stuff. That was Triforce today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I've got to go and let the plumber in. So, nice. Um, I've got to go, but I will. We'll see. We'll pick this up next next week. So so stay tuned. Thanks, everyone. We love you. Goodbye. Right, goodbye. Bye.